2: Hey everyone, it's Ashley Lauren Rogers again. Um, So, this episode is coming out a little bit late, which uh, I feel like I've earned a couple of days, because, you know, the last one came out a lot bit early. Uh, But yeah, Thanksgiving was fantastic. Uh, I've kind of moved past this feeling of dread for the incoming president, and now have been moving into more of a, uh, a healthy place, which is good. <clears throat> All that said, the uh, this episode is the episode where we cover Family Guy. Oh my god, this freaking episode. And if you if you know Family Guy, you know the episode. Uh, so Kelsey and I tried really hard to give it a shot. Um, this is one of those episodes where you know the answer going in. Is it transphobic? I think you already know. Um... But that said, I really liked Kelsey and my back and forth on the analysis of this. I swear I'm going to put Kelsey with other people. Uh, It's not that he doesn't like other people. It's that whenever I pair Kelsey up with someone, for whatever reason, they cannot make it. So (laughs) Uh, enjoy just me and Kelsey riffing on family guy. So a number of us have some shows coming up in the near future. Phoenix has a show called Form Me. This is an augmented reality performance piece exploring transness and physicality. That's happening at the WOW Theater Cafe. uh, And that is going to be on December 8th at 9 and December 9th at 7. And we will have the full details of that uh, in the description. But essentially you can buy... Uh, Tickets and get more information by emailing augmenting dysphoria at gmail.com to get more info. And my show, uh, Falsehoods, Fallacies, and Fairy Tales, or How We'll Convince You These Plays Are About Christmas, is happening starting December 7th, uh, and it will also have a run... Uh, from the 10th to the 12th, that's happening at the Producers Club on 44th Street. Uh, essentially, Falsehoods, Fallacies, and Fairy Tales is an evening of short plays that were created by me all about some weird sweater that is that starts talking to its wearer. Uh, it's going to be fun, creepy, kooky, uh, and it's a bunch of plays that I've always wanted to put up and that I've been sending out for years, and no one bought for one reason or another, uh, but when you put the sum of their parts together they make a much more formidable piece. Not to mention that our very own uh, Vivian Aledrin, uh V, <coughs> not to mention that our very own uh, V Not to mention that is it transphobic's own V. Uh, she is going to be in one of the shows. She's going to be in Black Lipstick, and she's doing a fantastic job. Uh, and Bear and Ian, who you'll meet Ian soon, they're part of our uh, video promotional package. So it's going to be it's it's going to be a really fun time. Now before we begin, uh, and a funny story about this episode, we mentioned this much earlier. In the series, we mentioned this during the Rocky Horror Picture Show episode, and I want to play that clip for you right here. And also, fuck Family Guy. Not for any reason in particular, it's just horrible. All of it. Just Just for the whole damn thing. (laughs) For for the whole damn thing. It just felt like it was worth (laughs) saying. I feel feel like that means that we're going to have to tackle Family Guy in a very...
0: Do not do that one episode. episode. Don't do it. No, I mean, we're going to... Don't. We all know. We all know the listen, answer. Listen, if
2: we do Family Guy, it's the shortest episode of is It transphobic ever. I can answer for you right now. Yes. Yes. You're done. It is.
0: It is. And we can we <laughs> Don't stop now? Watch it. Can yes. We, can it's we be transphobic. done? Transphobic.
2: Okay. Next all, one. All of this. All of this. Completely understandable and palpable aggression is making me feel like we need to do this almost immediately. <laughs> I mean, oh, I'll do it, no. but I'll be mad at you, okay? <laughs> is that a fair compromise? I'll do it, but I won't I be happy about it. <laughs> I can live with that. Alright, so... Uh, uh, so, follow-up question. This episode is notorious amongst the trans community as being fucking awful. Um, and I'm really excited for you to hear how deep Kelsey and I went on it. We're entering a world of men fighting chickens, talking babies, and incredibly educated dogs. That's right, we're talking about Family Guy. And today, we're asking, is Family Guy transphobic? And the answer is... Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 100%. But... Since we've said that, since obviously that's the name of the podcast, Is It Transphobic? We're going to go a little bit deeper. We already know, yes, it is, blah, 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 but let's actually talk about this episode, which, if I may share a personal story before we do our introductions, is the episode that got me to stop watching Family Guy. So this is eight seasons in. I've been making excuses ever since it had begun. I was like, yeah, no, it's fine. You know, they they you know, they, they go for everybody. Uh but this was the one that I finally put everything down and I said no. Uh well joining me uh analyzing Quagmire's dad is my good friend, constant contributor, Kelsey Jefferson Barrett. Hello. And Kelsey, what pronouns do you use?
0: I use he, him pronouns.
2: Fantastic. My name, of course, Ashley Lauren Rogers. I use she, her pronouns. So Kelsey, uh, had you watched Family Guy before this episode?
0: Yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. I had. I'm pretty sure I've probably seen most of it. I couldn't say exactly how much. I don't really remember when I stopped watching it, but I've I've seen most of it and I did remember this episode although not as well as I thought. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean like like I say I watched it all the way up until this point and it was fine, it was still funny, but it was just like uh I mean honestly I feel like ever since the uh after the third ep- uh the third season I should say, uh the third season was when they were canceled by Fox initially and then they were brought back for a fourth season right, maybe right. a year or two later. And I feel like it never regained its... What's that word? Like, it never regained its... Well, no, because it still had momentum, so that's not the right word. But it never regained... There was a quality about those first three seasons that... Yeah, it pushed the envelope, but it did it in a way that was engaging. And I feel like it just Mm. never did that again. But yeah, let's talk a little bit more about this episode. So, Kelsey... Do you want to run down the uh, plot synopsis?
0: Sure, I can do that. So uh, the episode opens where um, Quagmire has all the guys together and he's like, hey, do you guys remember how I've told you all these stories about my dad and how that he's this macho guy, he's this like you know, naval war hero, and he's, he's the ladies' man, and he's so amazing. I've told you about that, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we always really wanted to meet your dad. Well, he's in town visiting. Hooray! So they all get to come over and meet Quagmire's dad. And um, the, the basically the initial gag of the show is Quagmire's talked his dad up as this macho ladies' man, you know, sort of the kind of person you would expect Quagmire as we all know, um, to be admiring, and then his dad comes, and Quagmire's like, Dad, you have to do your dance, and he plays, these boots are made for walking, and Quagmire's dad dances down the stairs, and they, they introduce, you know, each other, and they're meeting, um, you know, uh, Quagmire's dad, whose name at this point, I can't even remember, Dan? Dan.
2: Oh, I forget. Yeah, it, it was so of, of such a little consequence. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Dad.
0: Um, mm-hmm. and, and everybody else is looking at, you know, this person going, wow, this guy's really, really, really gay. He's like, the really gayest. Like, he gay. wants a Cosmo. Like, yeah. what's happening? Uh, they go to, um, like, a naval uh, ball, and, mm-hmm. you know, Quagmire's dad is being honored and all of the, you know, other seamen which is actually a joke that they make,
2: (laughs) because gay
0: jokes, apparently, are are talking to to Gwen about how wonderful his dad is, and it turns into this long stream of innuendo. And then Kragmar starts to believe what Peter and the others told him, that maybe his dad is gay. So he asks him, dad says no. He's like, but really? Dad says no, I'm not gay, I promise. Kragmar says, okay, I believe you. Quagmire's dad says, "But I am a woman trapped in a man's body," and Quagmire says, "Please uh-huh. just be gay." And so then we we get to follow the journey of Quagmire as he struggles to accept this new person. Her, she chooses the name Ida, mm-hmm. but the father. Um, who is in town to get, you know, uh, gender reassignment surgery. And uh, Peter and Lois and the other Griffins are varying levels of civil, uncivil about it. And um, we'll get to that. So I don't need to explain yeah. that. And then, of course, um, Greg has a fight with, with his with his dad. And um, his dad goes away to stay at a hotel, runs into Brian, who's been out of town, who's just come back. Brian's like, who's this amazing woman? They go up to a hotel room together and then the next day, Brian is told by Stewie that Quagmire's dad is a trans woman now and when Brian finds out, eventually after laughing about the irony of Quagmire having a a trans woman for a father, eventually finds out that it was in fact the same woman that he slept with and is horrified in all of the worstly ways that you could have someone be horrified by.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: and the entire episode is essentially framed around Quagmire uh, accepting his parent, but at the exact same time, every single time Quagmire uh, gets into a place where he's like, whether he's reacting with anger, whether he's reacting with uh, sadness, whatever his reaction is. Ida will always come up to him and say, oh, well, it's partially my fault, too. And it's oh, just like, God. no, no. 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 Uh, but yeah. It's not. okay. So I, <laughs> So I went through because, uh, you know, I, I like to give things a fair shot. I went through and marked all the moments that I found actually funny.
0: Oh, I'm interested it's, in this. Yeah, I, no. I, mean, I want to compare notes on this. Cause,
2: this. Yeah, because there, there were some jokes that I thought really landed and were very funny. They were still, you know, like a lot of them were still kind of transphobic, but at the same time, it was just like, all right, you know, respect for a funny joke. So when uh, Stewie was on the phone with Brian saying, hey, Bri-, like he's just basically trying to keep Brian's attention. And he's like, hey, yeah. uh, look at that over there. It's just like, Stewie, I'm on the phone. I can't see it. <laughs>
0: Right, and then it was like a, an alien in a hula skirt or yeah. something like that juggling.
2: Yeah, no, that legitimately surprised <laughs> that me. It was Well, yeah. just
0: absurd. Just absurd. Like, that was right. the joke. It was just an absurd thing without any kind of weird, like, it's funny because of other reasons. It was just an unexpected, which is always the thing that gets you the laugh. It's just like, wait, what? <laughs> no, I laughed at that too.
2: That was funny. Yeah. Uh, which we could probably go a little deeper and say, like, all right, an alien in a skirt in an episode like this. Uh, but yes. I don't think they were actually intending I, that. I, I think I that was just so. coincidence. Um, but nonetheless, it's like, okay, okay. Um, See <laughs> so the Oh, I actually really loved the gay uh, innuendo, rapid fire at the ball. The whole, like, oh, all the gay yeah. jokes would, like, uh, I think I wrote some of them down, like, oh, yeah. And then eventually, like, all of them were getting more and more obvious uh, to quagmire. And then finally your dad has the best penis in the military. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like,
0: okay. Oh uh, yeah.
2: I mean, and that, and that right, is, right. it's like yeah. the over,
0: the, the larger premise of that is, is not great, but the yeah. actual structure of just like having people say increasingly like, this is really innuendo. And then at a certain point it's not, that was pretty funny.
2: Right. <laughs> uh let's see let's put some 80s
0: oh oh that was my favorite oh part. my god yes oh that was the funniest joke
2: <laughs> it's like yeah let's put some 80s music on and then like, uh have,
0: have have her come, her come out in, you know yeah, over as a different over, as sex a different and then gender. like <laughs> on the
2: fourth or then like every time we'll put a thumbs down and then on the fourth or heads. fifth we yeah we give a thumbs up
0: right and then and then when she does come out and he starts singing uh, we're walking on sunshine yeah that, that I had was in stitches. And he that gave a was thumbs up, really too. Funny. Yeah. Like, I
2: thought it was funny, but it was also a really good sort of immediate nod. Like, okay, the joke was that we were going to do this very uh, obvious 80s joke,
1: mm. and
2: then we just bypassed it because, yeah, not that Ida needs Peter's acceptance, but hey, like, Given that we were just given that joke, and then Ida comes out, and immediately Peter starts singing "I'm Walking on Sunshine," <laughs> yeah. gives a thumbs up.
0: <laughs> it was so funny.
2: Yeah, I, I, was I like, I want to do that.
0: Can I do that? I want like,
2: <laughs> like, can
0: we do a skit of that or something? Like us <laughs> trying on different genders. That sounds awesome.
2: I'm, oh, I'm in. <laughs> I don't think it'll read as well on a podcast, but um, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just saying. If you you know, ever
0: yeah. ex- decide to expand mm-hmm. and do some, some videos? Oh if you have them, you're ready.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Super transphobic joke, but God, I loved it. Was uh, they're talking about uh, essentially removing Ida's uh, genitalia, and okay. they said, "Wow, that thing was on there."
0: Right, and the doctor comes <laughs> up covered in blood. Yeah. Well, I think that's funny because it's also a doctor joke. Yeah. Right. So you can laugh at it from that perspective, hmm. and like the delivery is really good too. Of just like busting out there and being like, "Wow!" That, yeah. I, I admit I laughed a little too <laughs> at that one.
2: Yeah, no, that one. That one got me. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that uh, one of those initial jokes uh, when Ida is first having dinner with Peter and the family, and uh, I think it was him who says, "Yeah, nothing with wieners or grapes." Out of respect, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like. Uh Uh-huh, yep, you're still focusing on all the genitals, but uh, yeah, all right, that was funny. (laughs) Uh, And, because there weren't a lot after that, because after that it started to go in. It went downhill. Yeah, it went really downhill. Uh, And those were the only ones that I made of note. Were there any other jokes that you were really like, no? I can't think of anything.
0: I think you you got all the ones that I thought were funny.
2: Yeah, and and they actually got a really big laugh out of me, too, which is why it's so sad that it went in the direction that it did. Uh, so why don't we discuss that—the moment that it really—what was the moment that you think it just th- went from a steep decline into just awful?
0: I mean, it's—it's it's really the conversation between Brian and Stewie when yeah. Brian finds out who—who who Ida is. Mm. I mean, that for me, is just,
2: oh. yeah. <laughs> you're, like,
0: you're like, there's some funny parts, and then there's some like, kind of problematic parts, and I'm sort of getting uncomfortable, and then it gets to that, and it's just like,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm so, at a loss for words, which is not good in a podcast, but
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> if you could see, Kelsey had uh, his hands up and was trying to do something with them but couldn't figure out what. Just waving
0: them around. Just waving but, yeah, them wildly. I mean, uh-huh. And it, it, it was also exacerbated by the fact that Brian pukes for like a solid 30 seconds. Yep. So uh, oh, initial- I noted
2: how long. Hold on. Let me write down. Da-da-da-da. Started at 1730 with dry heaving. Ends at 1804. So 34 <sighs> seconds Of straight vomit. Now, just to build this up. So Brian, for the entire episode, is out at a writer's retreat. And he comes home and he's trying really hard to get the cabbie to engage with him on this thing so that he can seem important. Which, of course, is a very big thing about Brian.
0: Yeah, that's sort of like, I'm an intellectual trying to get people to engage with me intellectually, and also a little bit of a superiority thing going on with Brian, which is
2: yep. fine. I mean, which, you know, hey, that's part of his character. You know, um, he's but, that yeah. guy. So then immediately when the cabbie's not interested, he's like, to the Marriott, I need a drink. And so Which the... is also
0: a big part of Brian's character. <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> so Brian goes to the Marriott, gets a drink, meets up with Ida, kind of starts doing that thing that uh, like I, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but like he basically just starts like, "Hey, I'm super important. How's it going? Um, you know, are are you interested in someone who's super important?" And then no. Ida kind of is just upset, so she's like, "Well, okay, you know, maybe I'll engage." So the story that they're presenting us is that uh, a dog is the first person that Ida now that. She's had all the surgeries at once. At once. In a single bound.
0: And come out perfect with
2: walking hair. perfectly fine. <laughs> hair coiffed. Oh yeah. Yeah, just magic. Mm. Which by the way, I had no idea Kohog had such good right? like like <laughs> man, like he like, got everybody. The
0: premise is that she travels to Kohog oh, yes. Qu- mm. right. for the surgery specifically. <laughs> You're just like mm. From wherever else. Those, your options were, you know, huge. And this was the best choice. hmm Ostensibly.
2: And it's just like, yeah, hey, sure. you know what? I'll pop in, get that quick uh, sex change. I'll reconnect with my son. <laughs> yeah, because that's how it works. But... <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, you know, like, this is all, like, very recent. This is within 24 hours that she meets up with Brian. Uh, and then... Uh well she goes up and she bangs a dog. Yep.
0: But I I'm so glad that you're leaning on this like remember he's a dog. Yeah. Because yeah.
2: So she bangs a dog and I will admit because he's had human girlfriends prior to yes. this. I mean he always does. Yeah, so this I is, is even not I don't know if there are any other
0: yeah. talking dogs in the universe. Right. It's so like he's, the only
2: one so in universe i mean there there have been a, a couple are in there? the family guy universe but they not not a lot okay. a lot of the other dogs are just sort of like the part of the reason that he interacts with humans so much is because other dogs don't get him right so like they don't literally understand what he's saying so he just feels like he's in a completely different world and humans just make more sense uh, but occasionally they'll introduce one, like when they briefly killed Brian, uh, which happened in a later season, so I didn't see it. But I remember mm. people talking about it, and then they just kind of retroactively did something because they're Family Guy and they can. Right. Uh, but they brought in another talking dog.
0: But there was one where he was like doing acting with a lady dog, maybe I don't know. I might be oh, yeah, wrong. I might yeah. be thinking of a different talking dog, but I think.
2: Was are you talking about the one where Stewie was? Acting with a younger, oh, you know what? That another is what talking I'm thinking baby, of. you're right. Yeah. I, I'm okay. thinking talking
0: yeah. babies instead of talking dogs. I mean, they all kind I'm of thinking, run look together. Look who's yeah. talking is not look who's <laughs> talking to.
2: Right, they all kind of run together at a certain point. Um, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, right, right, right.
2: So back to this trans woman bangs a dog. Um, <laughs> so that's you know this is her first sexual partner after getting the transition, uh, and immediately. So he's like, "All right, you head up, and I'll uh, I'll hang here and settle the tab." She says, "I'm in room." I don't even remember, but it doesn't matter. I'm in my... I'm in room X, and so she leaves. He goes to the bartender and just goes, "Put it on room X."
0: Right. And she's
2: like, "Ah, just dick." Yeah, <laughs> that's Brian for you. Yeah, but ah. Um, so after that, Stewie and Brian are. In their room, they start throwing out things. They start actually. Brian threw out uh, a phrase. It was something like, uh, "I don't. I never believed in soulmates, or I never thought about."
0: Right, which is it's Brian's hmm. very like old school poetic romance thing that he does whenever he falls for a lady. It's just like for the first time, I felt like I'd really speak to someone. Like our souls connected. I've never experienced that before. Which I'm pretty sure he goes on to say, like. More than once. But yeah, mm-hmm. like he's like, he's going on and on about like this amazing emotional, spiritual connection he had with this woman.
2: Mm-hmm. And so he's doing that. And then Stewie tells him all about how Quagmire's, uh, one of Quagmire's parents, uh, you know, her his father is now his mother. And then they go through this whole thing. The exact moment, because there was one exact moment that told me I never want to watch this show again, and it was a specific line. It was the line, when they move to a new place, they're supposed to notify the neighborhood. That's how oh, it works. Yep. And I always credited Stewie with saying that, not that it matters, but it was Brian that says this, and the response and I don't necessarily know that from a comedic standpoint they should have broken the flow, but at the same time, after saying that, because that absolutely equates trans folk with uh, pedophiles, and with, or at the very least with sex offenders. And so after that, the response is, she's only visiting. And this is all done in a, a hyper, uh, like, over the top, they're screaming, they're yelling. Aah. Yeah, back and forth
0: patter thing.
2: Yeah. And yeah. fucking bullshit. Yeah. like yeah, Just, just straight up, no.
0: <laughs> it was definitely like, you know, you, you, you start to see where they're going with the, yeah. the reveal and Brian's going to be horrified and all that stuff. And like, you didn't think it, w- it could get worse. And then they put that line in there. And yeah. you're Like, how did you top yourself? In this moment,
2: mm-hmm. and I gotta say, because I, I, I even let go of the whole like Brian vomits for thirty minutes, thirty seconds for thirty minutes, I mean, uh, well for, for thirty <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I mean, it felt yeah, it felt like it felt forever. Like That's me. Yeah, but um, yeah, like I even I don't want to say forgave, but I overlooked it because I've seen this a billion times. This right. is a thing that you see when you watch a story about trans people. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, all right, yep, you're doing your thing. You're overdoing it because you're a family guy, whatever. And then that moment happened. And I I also... Because I like a lot of terrible comedy. I like a lot of shock comedy. Right. I think that it can be done in a really good way that is shocking but also not bullshit. And where this carried over into bullshit is literally the fact that the setup was I'm equating trans people with pedophiles, which is a thing that has been done for a very long time. It's been done to uh, straight-up gay folks. It's been done, I saw evidence of it uh, from uh, uh, essentially the, the Nazi party back in the 40s, used to run cartoons about this, about uh, Jewish folks as well. So this is a thing that happens. The The minority of folks are equated to pedophiles. And instead of subverting it, instead of finding a way for Stewie to still be panicking and scream, Oh, that's really fucked up. That's not really a thing. They're not really like that. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about the fact that they're not actually like that. That's not a thing. Like something, yeah,
0: something, yeah, and, and they didn't. They just, they just went straight with it. Yeah, they and and like everything after that is sort of in the same vein of it's. There's no longer any question of like, are they doing something different? Are they maybe trying to make a different joke or turn anything on its head? It's just literally, you know, right up to the point where like Quagmire finds out about it and has to defend his, you know, female family members honor by like mm-hmm. beating the crap out of Brian. It's mm-hmm. like. All of a sudden, this just descended into all of the same old, damaging, tired stuff. Mm. And you're just like, what What happened?
2: Yeah. And this is kind of fucked up, but I did kind of like the final line of, I fucked your dad and then slams the door. <laughs> like, again, well, it's like, okay, like, yeah. yeah like, From a comedic uh, yeah. like, beat standpoint, like,
0: it's good. It's yeah. just... It's like, yeah, you think you won that fight, but I got the last word in kind of like, yeah. you know, one, two.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> I, I couldn't even laugh at it, though, because I, no. I was too... It was it was over for me at that point. I was like...
2: Yeah, no, I was just kind of seething with white-hot rage. Yep. But I'll admit, when it happened, I was like, all right, respect. But... Mm. <laughs> but also no respect at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the dinner yes. party was one hell of a scene. I I feel like it wasn't necessarily the worst, but <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that had, that had the second worst moment for me, which is, I think, I think the first time I saw this episode, I wasn't sort of aware enough to, to take away the same things that I, I took away now. I didn't like it. I knew it was, Not okay, but I I didn't have the same emotional connection to it. And the Mm. thing that made me stop watching Family Guy was the treatment of Meg. Mm. Like this sort of like, you know, there's nothing, I don't see any comedy in this sort of perpetual like Meg is horrifically ugly and no one can even stand to touch her plus violence towards her like thing. And that, that moment where... It's like it, it's terrible for everybody when when she's trying to sort of connect with Ida and she says I think she says you know I love your dress or something like that and Ida's like oh thank you Meg who did your surgery yeah and I was just like Let, let's just uh, let's just insult everybody mm. at the same time like mm. misogyny and trans misogyny and just everything and, I was, and, and, and you know in her response like you just lost your only friend at this table lady and I was just like oh my god that's that's not funny that's Horrible.
2: (laughs) Now that whole. And, uh, like, so, because I think that Lois was actually the worst one in this whole episode. And they'd been building that a lot in earlier seasons. The idea that Lois is just sort of, I I don't know, like, not blase, but, like, there's something to Lois where she's just the worst.
0: She, yeah.
2: Like, and especially with that dinner moment when Ida comes in. Oh, I met a cobbler. And I I apologize for continuing to do the voice. It's just one of those, like, that's... Right. But yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I met a cobbler. And then Lois takes it and says to
0: Meg? Yeah, to yeah,
2: Meg. Uh, go out, bury it in the backyard.
0: Right. Throw it in the outside in the, garbage. Yes!
2: Throw it in the it's outside like stage garbage. stage whispers it. Yeah. and
0: Just like, what? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, you have the thing, I think Peter's not as bad as a lot of the characters. Like, Mm. it's like you were saying like the, you know, no hot dogs or grapes kind of thing, (laughs) like out of Uh. respect, you're like, well, it's not, you know, like in the real world, that wouldn't be so great, but sort of, you know, he has that kind of that lovable idiot thing that they do where like he doesn't mean any harm by Mm. stuff like that. And he gets along with that. And I think that, you know, Lois is the intelligent one, supposedly. She's the one who knows what's going on. She's the one who should know better and be educated. And she's the one who's nasty and nasty behind people's backs. Mm. Whereas, like, if Peter wants to tell you a bad thing he thinks about you, he'll just say it to your face. Mm. And I think think that really was very clear in this episode.
2: With Peter... He would ask the stupid questions. Peter would have been... I feel like Peter was just such a wasted opportunity because he asked a lot of the questions that your average random person who you kind of know will inevitably ask you about trans stuff. Right. And I don't think that they necessarily... Because they were going for the joke, so you can do it in a way that is both uplifting, yet also funny. And I feel like they just went right for the obvious joke. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. The point that I was uh, saying a little bit, uh, a little while ago, was that Seth MacFarlane, with this episode, stated that he thought that this was going to be the most sympathetic view of... Quote unquote, actually, let me find the quote because I found it. I really wanted to get audio, uh, but they don't have that. They only had the uh, just press quote. Like, I guess that he gave it via email or something. So, Seth MacFarlane has gone on record saying that, quote unquote, it's probably the most sympathetic portrayal of a transsexual character that has ever been on television. And this was in 2010. Right, and up until him equating trans women and trans people in general with pedophiles, mm. I probably would have agreed with him. Mm. Like it's,
0: <laughs> it's not like there's a there was a lot of or is a lot of other. Out there, that I'm like trying to think of something that I think could be better, but
2: yeah, especially pre 2010, like there really isn't a lot of representation, and it exists, and there are definitely, if we're opening it up beyond quote-unquote, transsexual, Uh, if we're looking at even just representations of cross-dressers, the closest I've come is the Drew Carey show. But that's stretching, because we're not talking about specifically trans folk. We're talking about folk who uh, are still pushing the boundaries of what is the binary gender, but it's not the same narrative. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, I I really can't think of a lot of really stellar trans characters on television, and at least prior to the moment we were talking about, everyone but Quagmire was completely down with it, and cordial, if not completely accepting yet. Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm, like, trying to decide how I feel about that. Um
2: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then unfortunately uh, he doubled down uh, a little bit later hold on a second here. Uh, so he was then later questioned about uh, specifically all of the gay humor and this was after right. this episode mm. uh, and he really doubled down. he says, uh, you have the gay anchor. Partners on American Dad, you have Bruce, the performance artist on Family Guy, and you have my own personal abhorrence of Prop 8. That always distresses me when I hear that the gay community is upset with us, because that's one group of people I hope would know we're on their side. I can safely say that the transsexual community will be very, very happy with the Quagmire episode that we have coming up in a couple of months. It's probably the most sympathetic portrayal of a transsexual character that has ever been on television, I dare say. Oh, so that's the full quote right. from before. My apologies. Uh, but he really thought we were going to love this.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I there were definitely moments where I sort of felt like there was a more nuanced conversation that, that, that w- the show was trying to sort of bring to our attention and I think like some of the conversations between Ida and Quagmire especially Mm. their fight Mm. when you know it it, it floored me a little bit when you know Quagmire is you know expressing being upset and Ida says you know I understand why this would be difficult. I've had a lifetime to think about this and this is brand new for you, but you know, this is, this is the thing that that's really made me happy. And he says, so you get to be happy and I have to be unhappy. And that's the moment when she's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to leave and go to a hotel. Mm. And that I thought was, I mean, that's truth right there. Like that's a conference. Mm. Like people say that people feel that way. And it was such a serious moment. And for the most part felt you know to me pretty well thought out. Um, and I also felt like the show was very clear about who was it, who was being the bad guy right now, which mm. is sometimes in these comedy things, it's like, it's funny to see someone be prejudiced. Mm. And so then I'm like, well, yeah, but show, what are you trying to tell me? Like, am I laughing at them? Am I laughing with them? And for this moment, I was like, yeah, no, he's showing us quagmire being horrible. And, I'm glad that Ida left and it's good because it does eventually bring quagmire around to realizing that the most important thing is that, you know, this person he loves is happy.
2: Mm.
0: And so there were definitely moments in it where I was just like, yeah, I, I, this show is trying to do something to talk about this To, You know, it's, it's not, you know, it's not Ace Ventura pet detective, which is just, let's laugh at the gross, weird lying people. Mm. But all I remembered about it, you know, prior to watching it again, was the conversation between Stewie and Brian. Yeah. That was the only thing that that I really stuck with me. And I think that says a lot. Mm.
2: Well, and, and also, I think that says a lot about... Because you and I were both on the Silence of the Lambs episode. And... Yes. There was that moment, and it that that moment is obviously just wrought with issues as well. But the moment that uh, Clarice and Lecter have a conversation about quote unquote transsexuals, and it is there to sort of get the writer, creators, artists off the hook almost right. for not yeah. writing a trans story almost, and I feel like this is kind of, like, but it's, the reason I kind of point to this as similar is because those moments are completely forgotten for the shock of scary gender shit. Yeah. And they exist, and I think, and we're not winding down just yet, but... I think if we take nothing else away from this, I hope there are some people who have been subconsciously affected by the good. Because I did like those moments, even though they were still bullshit, even though there was still a lot of like, I just should not have to give so much. But I hope some people are subconsciously affected by those moments But they're not going to remember them nearly as much as Brian vomiting and these people are are pedophiles. Yeah. So. I
0: I agree. I think that, that it's, you know, and it doesn't help also that it's at the end of the episode. Right. You know, even if it had been like the beginning somehow, at least you would have had some other things to think about. And it really just leaves you with, oh, hey, but now we have to get in all the all the stereotypical trans jokes, as you said. Mm. And it's hard, to, it's hard to remember the nuance. It's hard to care about it at that point. Mm-hmm.
2: And Ida's not in the ending. Ida's not there. Yes, because the story yeah. is, you know, <laughs> the protagonist of this episode is Quagmire, because Quagmire. Quagmire has the change. He changes how he feels about his parent. But at the exact same time, I, so Ida is a prop,
0: kind of? So it's interesting that you should bring that up because I was thinking about um, listening to you guys do It's Always Sunny, the first episode, and I haven't seen it, but you guys were sort of explaining to it and it got me thinking about there's this joke in, you know, sort of situational comedies that they do a lot and they do it with uh, like as a misogynist almost joke about women as well as transphobic, transmisogyny kind of thing where it's it's considered more funny that the most suave or the most lady killer guy ends up in these situations. It's like you have a group of friends and they're all awkward, but there's the one guy who can get everyone in the room and oops, but he didn't realize it was a trans woman or, you know, he's struggling with this problem or whatever. And, um, it, it sets you up to have the character, the woman, the, the trans woman, whatever, be a prop to this gag. And you guys had actually talked about like wishing that a different character who was a little more sensitive, who was a little more nuanced and less of an asshole, would have been the one who, to go through this journey. And I think this show, I mean, they, you get it double because the joke is it's Quagmire who mm-hmm. is – obsessed with sex, obsessed with women. theres He's literally a sexual predator. There's that episode where he's like hiding in the ceiling yeah. of the bathroom and like watching Lois get ready to pee, which, you know, really puts, like what is happening? And now we're going to compare his dad hmm. who's a trans woman to a sexual predator as well and it's really weird. Um, and then you have Brian who is, the old school romantic, the intellectual, the guy who always goes on about this like soul-to-soul connection. And part of the joke is that it happens to these guys in particular mm. rather than another guy in the show. And I think, I don't think it's particularly funny, but I also think whether or not you think that's the best joke, it sets you up to fail mm. because you have to reduce this character to this prop and you have to, re- you know, you have the the lady killer character who is going to react as negatively as possible. And that's funny. Cause again, it's a joke. It's like, he's great with women, but now he screwed up and it's horrible for him. And you, you can't have any nuance with that. And you know, you have Brian go on a monologue to Stewie about this emotional connection he had with this person and ostensibly really good sex. Mm. And then finds out that it happens to be a trans woman And literally, like, do the, like, PTSD shower scene. Which is also a visual, you know, a visual equation of trans people to sexual predators. Mm. And it's, you're supposed to be laughing at him. Mm. But it doesn't, it doesn't work. Because it's it's not okay to make that, to, to equate those things. Even if it's supposed to be sarcastically.
2: So a question that I have: How could we do it better? Ooh. Yeah, because as much as you know, like I say, like we're we're kind of throwing the uh, structure of the show out the window for this one. Uh, we already said yes, it's transphobic at the top of the episode. And the whole reason that I started this podcast was because I had been questioned by people about media saying like, oh, well, how do you know it's transphobic? You haven't watched it. Right. So we're forcing ourselves to watch it. The next thing that I know we're going to hear from critics is going to be, well, how would you do it better?
0: I think one of the things that I see all the time in this stuff, especially things that are sort of, you know, again, on balance, you can see where they're trying, you can see where there's, and especially with comedy you have to have the transphobic people called out not all the time not every time but if you never do it then the audience doesn't have a takeaway other than transphobia is funny you know lois we're supposed to look at lois and you know we're sort of realizing like what a horrible person she is but it's hard to think about that. What I'm actually thinking about is once again, someone was like, I can't eat food that was touched by a trans person. Like, I don't even really know what that joke was exactly. Mm. And um, there has to be the uh, more of a of a balance to that. Like, you, as you said, like, you can still make the jokes. But all I'm thinking about is, is, you know, Brian's reaction. All I'm thinking about is the nasty things people say. You know, all I'm thinking about is that Throughout this entire show, people talk about how Meg looks like a man and she gets mistaken for a man all the time. Mm. And so I think that's a big thing. Like, you you have to have some discussion, some dialogue between the transphobia stuff, even if it is supposed to be laughed at.
2: Right. No, I, I completely agree. And I, I think... I think if they, because I, I offered one idea already, the idea of Stewie and Brian staying at that same, like, high point of tension yes. and, like, screaming, but they're actually screaming in the same tone, but they're, they're having a real in-depth conversation about how it's fucked up to call trans people pedophiles. Maybe if other characters, at least a couple, were to say to Brian, man, that's really fucked up. Like, you were talking about how you had great sex. You were talking, you know, you didn't even know until someone told you. That's fucked up.
0: Right. And And then even if Brian had the same reaction, the fact that someone was was talking about that. Yeah. And that could be delivered in a comedic way. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be, like, we have to stop and have a really serious conversation now. like.
2: Yeah, like I'm. I'm almost thinking, uh, like the in the same breath, like having this conversation from Quagmire beating the crap out of Brian for fucking his parent. This could have been like a really good moment to show that Quagmire is learning by, like, Brian saying, "No, I didn't even know. I didn't want to. If I had known, what the fuck? Like, yeah. like yeah,
0: you Why know, would you say like, that about yeah. her? She's wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> you know, something like that. Like, for if all sure. of a sudden
2: the fight got really like." I don't know what to say because I don't want to say that I wanted to have sex with your dad but at the same time I also don't want to disrespect them now because you're you're clearly taking the side of like there there's if there was a no win situation for Brian to argue this and by the end he kind of realized that yeah, that's like, yeah, that's a fucked up thing. But there's still that comedic moment of mm-hmm. Quagmire beating the hell out of him. And it adds another layer to it because now Quagmire is getting pissed off that Brian is disrespecting his mother. Yes. So. That's a good way. Yeah.
0: Also, I had a huge problem with the with the opening gag of this idea that everybody going, oh, Quagmire, your dad's really gay. Yeah. And then it turns out, not gay, trans woman. So let's just, you know, like de- de- equate everybody's sexuality and everybody's gender, which is, you know, a common problem because you have that, you know, for for men and AMAP people, you know, this sort of idea of like being gay is the same as being a woman. If you don't act in a traditionally, you know, stereotyped manly way, mm. you are female, which is why you get, you know, gay couples who's the man, who's the woman kind of questions and that mm. sort of thing. And that was a terrible gag. And I kind of want but you could do it. Like, maybe have Quagmire making fun of somebody's gay dad and then his dad turns out to be a trans woman or something like that, because...
2: I, and even then, like, I actually didn't hate the gag so much as the fact that they didn't address it after Quagmire's uh, parent became Quagmire's mom. This, like, the, the... Because you're absolutely right. That is a trope. The idea of, like, Oh, that person's acting. That man is acting feminine, therefore definitely gay. And it actually made sense in this story why Quagmire's dad is acting feminine, because Mm -hmm. Quagmire's dad is actually a, a femme trans woman. Yes. So it made sense with this, but because they didn't acknowledge it at all, it just kind of.
0: Also, it was so flamboyantly over the top. Yeah. Once she has her transformation, she's a much, like, she doesn't dance anymore. She doesn't, you know, she's she's less stereotypically gay and just, like, a calm, cool, collected woman, which is great. But the, the two don't fit. It, it didn't make sense to me, I think, yeah. was the other thing. It'd be one thing if they were, like, out having a nice conversation and she had a Cosmo and she talked about, like, some, like, I don't know, some romance novels or something else sort of stereotypically feminine because it wasn't, it was stereotypically gay they were like he likes Na- nancy Sinatra to dance around and he's like doing the like little wrist things and like all those like stereotypes that she doesn't do for mm. the rest of the
2: episode yeah actually yeah she completely mm. changes character and i could i could read way too much into this by saying that after she got the surgery maybe they were saying that she realize that she didn't need to overdo femininity or something or like there's there's because I definitely understand the idea of like before you take charge of your identity kind of overplaying bits and pieces that you Mm -hmm. think Mm -hmm. are part of it and then when you finally take hold of your identity and you say no this is me and you start living in your own self there are bits and pieces that you're just like, I am not like for me, I am not wearing makeup every friggin' day. Right. Like, right, right, right. but you know, or like everything in my closet doesn't need to be pink because it's like, yeah, like I can,
0: I can just be like, I don't have yeah. to like work for this or try to prove this
2: right. to but myself they...
0: or to anyone else.
2: But they almost go in the direction of, we want to make gay jokes, so I'm super flamboyant! Yeah. And then, now we want to make trans jokes, so I just, I, I wonder if there were outtakes of Ida catching footballs and, like, doing super manly things, yeah. but, uh, you know, like, and again, know. that's just... I don't know. But yeah. yeah,
0: something about that, I think, mm-hmm. could be improved for audience takeaway. Yeah. You know? Because, because that the sort of long term sort of equating gender and sexuality thing, everybody yeah. thinks that your that's gonna your audience is gonna take that away, whether that was what you intended to say or not. It's definitely. Mm. I think this is the first podcast that I've done where I was like really emotional about it. Yeah, I <laughs> you know. I had like enough sort of like scholarly distance for mm. working on some of the other things, but this one just hit me. Mm. Uh, on, a, on an emotional level, like, I got—I definitely needed you know, a little time and space from it. I was like trying to tell other people about it and getting all emotional, and they were like, "Why are you yelling?" <laughs> oh. But uh,
2: well, and and we were talking about this a little bit before. I had debated putting on another episode as well. Like, right? I, I guarantee you will be able to figure out something. I guess years ago, they made a joke about Bruce, or I should say. When Caitlyn Jenner was identifying as Bruce Jenner, before anybody knew Caitlyn was, you know, before Caitlyn was publicly trans, uh, them making a joke about quote unquote Bruce Jenner being, uh, feminine. And what? so it was, it, that's, that's kind of interesting, but, hmm. uh, I, I debated putting that one on here or something else, but I just said, you know what, this is so rich with, crap that we'll be able to fill an episode. Um, One line that I didn't necessarily love, but here, let me. we're going to play a little bit.
1: All right. Peter, what are you doing home? I thought you'd be out in the town with Quagmire and his dad.
2: Lois, you're not going to believe this. Quagmire's
1: dad's gay. What? Quagmire never said anything about that. I don't think he knows. It's like he doesn't even notice it. Really? Well, then, how do you know he's gay? Well, yeah, a lot of little things—the way he talks, his mannerisms—and he had the complete DVD set of *Sex in the City* between his butt cheeks. I no, he didn't. No, he had the DVD set. I was just being colorful with the rest of it.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm like trying not to laugh, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean.
0: Yeah.
2: I, yeah. That was actually kind of funny. That was another one that I, I guess I just didn't put a star next to. But yeah, <laughs> because that is absolutely how people at least on television, talk about, I suspect this person is gay. Right. <laughs> and it's all very vague. Like, his mannerisms, his speech patterns. He's got the complete box set of Sex in the Cities between his butt cheeks. <laughs> it's like, no, and then Peter admits, no, I'm being colorful no, no, with no, the no, rest. No, I, I just said that. Yeah. But he also admitted that he's got the complete box set of Sex in the City as well. Right. <laughs> So that's exactly what we were talking about. That idea of overplaying the parents' feminine nature to show off, oh, they're gay. Oh, they're gay. Right. And equating this femme side of Quagmire's parent with their sexual orientation, et cetera, et cetera. But,
0: On the other hand, yes, I do find it interesting that the point is he said what did he, he said his uh, gestures and mannerisms, and the complete DVD set between his butt cheeks, but then that was the gay thing, right he's like talking about butts, and everybody's afraid of gay guys and maybe butts. Mm. but when you take that out, well like you could be describing someone who is like it's a little less stereotyped now mm. I don't know if that's what they were, like, trying to do, but it's sort of that idea of just, like, oh, this person with these mannerisms and likes sex in the city, which is a girl thing.
2: Right. Huh. only girls like sex in the city. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Girls.
2: Girls and gay men. Yeah. Which, I guess, that's what they're talking about. Um, they're talking about. <laughs> oh, hold on. Let's play that part. Uh, we discussed it a little bit earlier. Uh, so this is right after all of the... Uh, screaming about or all the, the rapid-fire gay jokes, and... <laughs> uh, we're at the 7.30, 7 minutes 30... Okay, just marks. stop! Stop! Everybody, stop!
1: Dad? Are you gay? What? Are you gay, Dad? Oh, Glenn, I'm not gay. Just, just tell me the truth! I am telling you the truth. Now calm down, you're ruining this ball. You know how much I love balls. <laughs> all right, come on now, that's not helping! <laughs> Son... You have my word I am not gay. You promise? I promise. Alright. I believe you. But I am a woman trapped in a man's body, and while I'm in Kohog, I plan to have a sex change operation. Oh come on, just be gay.
2: That was it. Oh yeah. come on, oh, just, come be on gay. just be gay. Like the idea is This is awful, this is awful, this is the worst, this is the worst. Oh, it got worse. It's kind of like this episode.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: I feel like I mean, that you whole... do
0: have a little bit of, like, kind of serves you right quagmire mm. Mm. a little bit, but not enough. But it's also it. kind of
2: shitty that <laughs> yeah. the kind of serves you right moment is trans! Right, exactly. Yeah. Which <laughs> is,
0: which brings us back to that point that I was making about, like, mm. it's funny because it happens to the worst guy, mm. but therefore it's a horrible commentary. Right. Because you have to do things like say, okay, well, being gay is pretty bad, but being trans is worse. Mm. Ha ha.
2: And then like very shortly after, I put another timestamp because uh, kind of like what we were saying with the whole equating gay and trans thing, they do very briefly discuss that there's a little bit of a difference uh let's see if i can find the right moment gosh
1: i don't remember that really <laughs> yeah
2: it's like it's right after
1: I, you got a minute hey what's up buddy it's um oh, right. it's about my dad he he wants to have a sex change operation whoa i knew he was gay i didn't think he was that gay no no peter he's not gay he's a woman stuck in a man's body Gay. No, it's totally different. Sounds the same. Well, it's not. Okay, so he wants to be a woman so he can be a lesbian? No, he'd date men. Gay. gay. Yeah, gay. Okay, this is not the help I came over here for.
0: Well, look, let's just all agree
1: that he's odd, huh?
0: <laughs> that, I, oh, man, I got so wrapped up in everything else that happened. I, like, forgot about this scene. Mm.
2: And it's <sighs> it's interesting because Quagmire is coming for help and his friends... Are of no help because uh, essentially he's coming at them with a problem that they are ill-equipped to understand. But at the same time, we're viewed like we're shown that these two are like the are our viewer characters, the characters that we're supposed to put ourselves into. Uh, Peter and Lois are very much the like. No, we can't move past the fact that your dad's gay and. Because gay, because woman equals put penis in, therefore, if he wants penises in him, he must be a woman slash gay, right? Like just equating this is and this is the the this is sort of the argument I think happens amongst folks that do not understand trans issues is that it's equated that you. Are gay because you have like the soul of a woman and right. therefore you need a dick in you, right? And you are trans because you are a woman, therefore you need a dick in you, mm-hmm. and it's that equating of the things that just makes right. zero it's like, sense. The point is,
0: you're so gay, you need a better way to have a dick in you, right? Like that, oh god, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <sighs> I'm glad we can laugh about this. Uh, <laughs> you have to laugh. I know. What yeah. is that quote? You have to laugh or you'll cry. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's terrible. Uh, Although yeah.
0: it, 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 there's a little bit of something there of Quagmire being like, no, you morons. Like, you're, you, you don't understand what this is. Which Quagmire yeah. ostensibly does understand the difference. Mm. You know, once he's told, no, you know, Ida says, no, I'm a, I'm a woman. He doesn't. He doesn't fight that. Like yeah. he fights it. Like I'm mad that this is a thing. But he doesn't say like no. But you're really a boy though. Mm. Except in that it kind of does. And the in the one fight that they have. Yeah. But he rescinds that, which no one else really does. Mm. Sort of go. Oh no, no. But you are a woman. But you're not. But
2: like that's the thing. Like there's there's definitely nuance in this episode. <sighs> it's just really hard to find, when you dig through all the other crap that they throw on top of it, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that crap is very bad crap. So it's not like this nuance makes up for it, but at the same time, it's...
0: Also, I think this is a great example of how Lois is the worst person.
2: Yeah. Because
0: all of this, you know, sort of, like, gay and wanting to be a woman is the same thing, but almost her comment, like, let's just agree he's odd. mm is almost worse yeah you know it's the other is ignorance and confusion and equating things that aren't the same and that's just a complete dismissal of everybody who doesn't fit into my box which is is even i mean that was the the thing that really made me cringe
1: well that was quite a performance my performance what about you Golly, Lois, where do you shop? Gee, your house looks beautiful. Hey, I have an inside-out penis. I never said their house looks beautiful, because frankly, it didn't. (laughs) My (laughs) dad. My dad. Talking about decorating in women's clothing? All I've talked about for years with these people is what a war hero you were. And I was. I'm changing my future, not my past. Oh, yeah? What about my future? Huh? I don't even know what to call you. My dad? My other mother? My friend who pees sitting down but can also palm a basketball? What about Ida? Oh, no. Man, you know, this is too hard. You know, you're asking me to accept an awful lot. I I I don't know if I can do this. I understand. I had the advantage of thinking about this for years. For me, it was easy. Do I want to be happy the rest of my life or miserable? So now you're happy and I'm miserable. I see. I'm
2: sorry you feel that way. So, not only are there a lot of... Because there's a lot of really good moments in this dialogue. Unfortunately, so much of it... Like, like I really loved the joke of... uh, Gee, Lois, nice house. I love the way you decorated it. I have an inside-out penis... I never said that she had a nice house. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: this is the important part of this conversation <laughs> is don't <laughs> don't imply that I like her house. It's not that great.
2: Right. And uh, I, I did actually really like that joke. Um, and also I loved the, I spent my entire life telling people about how my dad was a war hero. And I was. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, like you being yeah. trans does not invalidate your past achievements when you were uh essentially forced to identify as a man like exactly it it like your time pre-transition and post-transition Ah, no, and even then, I hate putting it like that because that makes it seem like there's some sort of start and stop point. When in right. reality, well, I think, and like, especially yeah. now,
0: we have this sort of movement in the in the community, which largely I think comes from not being forced into doing a lot of weird things in order to be validated by the medical community. Mm. But you know, more and more, the trans community is talking about not erasing our past, not right. you know, covering up pictures of us when we were younger before we changed our presentation and, and things like that, you know, different people, you know, I've been calling Ida Quagmire's dad the whole time because Mm. that's the title, but also because a lot of times people like to keep their, you know, their familial titles. Like, Mm. you know, I'm, I'm a woman now, but I'm your father. Like that relationship is still there. And I think that, that Going for that is sort of what they're trying to do. Again, like I'm like, I want to move forward and be this person. But doesn't mean that the person I was, that everything that made me who I am today Mm -hmm. isn't valid and important and part of me. And I think, too, I mean, as I, you know, have come out to family and friends, especially family, really, I think it's it is scary for for family of trans people, because you know, you, you're trying to be accepting, you're trying to get used to this new idea, maybe you know more about it, maybe you don't, but you are afraid of losing something. Like, you know, you're a mother and you're used to holding your little girl in your arms when, when she was a baby, and one day she turns around and says, hey, mom, you know, I'm really a man. Like, you know, and you go, what about that baby that I loved? So I think, I think that's a great thing to put in there for people.
2: Because I don't disagree, (laughs) Uh, but at the same time, there is a certain extent that I almost, I want to cry bullshit as well, because, yeah, in reality, people aren't always accepted, but this is not reality and right. yes they can create this drama but particularly that line that i guess i guess the reason that i'm i'm saying that is because there's an extent that that argument gets used to push a lot of trans kids into continuing to be in the identity that right. they are not and there's an extent that yeah we don't necessarily want to tell our family fuck off accept me but it, because that's you know but at the same time yeah. like
0: that's a that's a very good point yeah
2: so and and especially with this whole talk that Ida gives right before Quagmire Uh, gives the catalyst for her leaving, she's basically like, I've had my entire life to think about this. Yeah, but you've lived your entire life pushing this down. For me, it
0: was easy. That line. Yeah. It was not easy. It's not easy to, Mm -hmm. to, to, to do this. And just implying that the only decision was like, do I want to be happy or do I want to be miserable when it's such a nuanced exploration of yourself and it takes so much time and effort. I would agree with that Mm -hmm. for sure. Is like, she says, I understand. And I think that's wrong too. If she Mm -hmm. was like, I don't know, maybe something to the effect of, well, you know, Glenn this is still new to you. Like, maybe give yourself some time or maybe don't expect everything to be, you know, changed or something like that. I don't even know, but Mm. something of like, this is your knee-jerk reaction. Don't judge everything about our relationship in the first moments or or something would have been a a slightly more realistic way if the point is that she is trying to get through to him.
2: I think it's very obvious that we can't necessarily put a number on this. And if we were, we would probably put... At the transphobic level, the top, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong on that.
1: No, oh, no, you're not. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you <laughs> like, are not. Top of the list. Yeah, this was transphobic as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy that we really took the time to sit down and analyze it, as emotional as this was, because mm-hmm. there is a lot of nuance to it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I I'm I'm just I'm thinking about that quote that you read, you know, where he really thought that this was gonna be a wonderful, sympathetic portrayal. And, you know, one of the things that we are asking for when we talk about is this transphobic, is there a problem with this material, is to be able to discuss it, to say but this is why I had a problem with it. Well, this worked and this didn't. Let me, let me share it with you because that's how these things get improved. And, you know, there's a lot of value to discussing something that tried and failed mm. and, and, and giving sort of an idea of what could be done better. Um, mm. So it was, it was really good to do from that perspective.
2: And in all honesty, I think if they had more trans people in the writer's room, uh, in development, in anything, there would be... I, I, I just never understand why they don't bring trans people in when they're doing trans things. Because, I, I mean, I do know, but at the same time... Like, can you imagine how much better this would have been if they brought a trans person in and they actually listened to them?
0: Well, I mean, and that is, that is the ultimate... Sort of is it transphobic? Question. It was like, mm. did you? How can you accurately tell someone's story if you are not them? Yeah. Like you have to, you have to let them in.
2: Mm. All right. So Kelsey, uh, where can people find you? Are you promoting anything right now?
0: Uh, nothing in particular at the moment. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Kelsey Jefferson Barrett, and also on tour dot com, where I do op ed pieces, book reviews, things like that.
2: Fantastic. And you can find me as always at AshleyLaurenRodgers.com, as well as uh, on Twitter at Lucretia L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.
0: Is it transphobic? Was produced, edited, and coordinated by Ashley Lauren Rogers.
2: The Is It Transphobic logo was created by Phoenix Sweeney, and you can see more of their work at TinyLionRoars.github.io.
0: The original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aledrin, who you can find
1: on Bandcamp at vivianaledrin.bandcamp.com.
2: Here for D-E-A-R-4. Oh, microphone! Okay. I was just like, what is happening here? Hi! Hi, Hi. Miriam! (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. So let's do the f- let's do the outro tag. I'm-, <laughs> I'm We're so close to being done. We're just saying our names. All right. <clears throat> <laughs>